I would start the year with the best of intentions, but I lacked the discipline and the planning, and I'm not talking about lesson planning here. I lacked the discipline and a plan for my schedule that could help me to achieve a steadfast vision for myself because creating balance takes way more than good intention. It takes a vision first, by the way. First, it takes a vision. Then it takes a plan. And let me tell you, the last two are the hardest. Then it takes discipline, my friend. (laughs) This is where a lot of us fall off the wagon. Daily discipline. Doing the things that you had in your plan, even if you don't feel like doing them. And then, of course, leading each uh, part of your plan. Leading each action step with intention. Hey there, I'm Amber Harper, former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach, dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend. And I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward to a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers. And you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher Podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you are about to take your next best step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Let's dive in. This episode of the Burned In Teacher Podcast is sponsored by How to Get Away with Teaching, a self-care subscription box created by a teacher just for teachers like you who want to give yourself permission to pause and pour into your own cup, maybe even literally. How to Get Away with Teaching is a subscription box-based company that empowers teachers to prioritize their own mental health and wellness. Curated in collaboration with mental health professionals, this monthly subscription includes five to seven mood-boosting goodies to enhance your wellness routine, improve your mental health, and make time for yourself. With your subscription, you will also gain access to workbooks, live recordings, other resources, and even access to their private Facebook community. Sign up today at www.howtogetawaywithteaching.com and grab a past box or subscribe to their monthly themed box. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at How to Get Away with Teaching. Burn on.
Hey there, Burned Teachers. Welcome to episode 147 of the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Harper, and I'm so excited, as always, that you've decided to spend part of your day here with me. I'm going to start off today's episode with a shout out to Jen. Jen emailed me last month and she said, Hey, Amber, I just wanted to send a quick note to say thank you. I'm reading your book and listening to your podcast, and I'm just so grateful. I'm hoping that by finding you, I can finish my last six years with grace and happiness and not be the miserable teacher that I feel I have become. Thanks again, Jen. Jen, thank you so much for reaching out. I want you all to know that I read every single one of the emails and DMs that you all send me. And I've been getting more and more messages like this because more and more people have been subscribing to the podcast, have been taking the teacher burnout quiz, have been investing their time and energy in themselves. And this is true radical self-care that you're engaged in right now. This is you addressing the hard stuff. And not everybody's ready to do that. So I'm so glad that you're all here. And Jen, again, thank you so much for your message. And if any of you out there listening today have found value in the podcast or in my Instagram posts or TikToks, I would love it if you would reach out to me. You can email me at support at burnedinteacher.com. You can DM me on Instagram. You can send me a message on TikTok. You can also leave a rating and review for the Burned In Teacher podcast. The more ratings and reviews that we get, the more people are able to find the Burned In Teacher podcast. And you know that by finding this podcast, And by finding this community, people are finding hope. People are finding a way out of the burnout. I know that you're experiencing this growth yourself, albeit small. You know, this is a marathon, not a sprint. I know that you are here for a reason. And speaking of the reason that you might be here today, uh, I'm hearing it. I'm seeing it. It's all over Instagram. It's all over TikTok. It's all over my Facebook groups. People are starting to feel the anxiety of going back to school. This episode is launching the first Monday of August. And I know for me, that means I'm going to be in school in a couple of days with students. And I I can say with confidence, I have not felt the anxiety. I have felt a push and maybe a a sort of urgency um, that that is that I need to be getting prepared for the first couple of days, be it by organizing my classroom, getting things where they need to be, having my first few days, you know, up to the first week planned um, flexibly, of course, especially working with little kindergartners. <laughs> um, but today I want to start off by telling you, take a deep breath. Let's do this together. Ready? Okay, one more. Okay, I'm telling you to do this because I understand that anxiety is real. And for different people, it looks a little different and it feels a little different. But we know that anxiety makes it difficult to get through our days sometimes. It makes it difficult to take action. So maybe you're feeling that nervousness, that panic, or that fear. You might be having that rapid heartbeat. You might be having a hard time sleeping or falling asleep. You know, I've experienced all of those things throughout my career in education, and I understand that they are they are very serious, and they affect our ability to do our jobs well. So I I want you to know I was very strategic in pre-planning which one of these flashback episodes is launching when. And today's schedule of your dreams episode, this was episode 58 that I put out, this is going to be extremely helpful in you planning and preparing for your best weeks ever. 
honestly, once school gets started. And I want you to start this planning now. But really quickly before we launch into the episode, I want you to take some pre-steps. I don't want you to shy away from the anxiety that you're feeling. I want you to lean into it. I want your anxiety to activate action. Action breeds action. And what I see happening so often in our field is people let anxiety paralyze them. They let challenge and fear isolate them. And that's not what we're here to do. We're here to take action. We're here to do something different. We are here to become the people that we want to be now. And that means we have to do things differently. And something maybe you've always done is shied away from that anxiety or told yourself, this is just the way it is. Every year I go through this. In fact, after I have the summer anxiety, you know, going into the new school year, then that anxiety switches to the Sunday scaries. And instead of shying away from it, I want you to own it. I want you to own it. I want you to lean into the things that are making you anxious. And right now, you may not even know what they are, but we have fallen into a habitual cycle of anxiety just out of habit. Because this is what we see online. These are This is what people that we're following talk about. That, therefore, it must be normal. So we normalize anxiety in our profession. Therefore, we just feel like this is just what we're doomed to feel. And I don't subscribe to that. I don't believe in it. And I believe that what we have to do in moments like this is we have to lean in and pay respect to these feelings. And, you know, feelings are not real right? The only thing that is real is our next steps when we feel these things. And that, of course, starts with asking ourselves, are these fears true? Are these anxieties true? And if they are not, what I've talked about before is creating those rebuttals for when you're telling yourself negative doomsday stories. The next step I want you to do is every single day, every day, I want you to write down what's scaring you about going back to school. What's frustrating you already, what you're afraid of, or even write down these stories, these things that you're telling yourself are going to happen when school starts. That's what I want you to do. It's as simple as that. After you do that, I want you to start writing down possible solutions, possible people you can talk to or reach out to. You're going to start taking action before school even starts. You're going to start paying attention to your thoughts, to your beliefs, to your anxieties, to your fears. And that may be something you've never done before. You shy away from it, you ignore it, you tuck it back into that little dark corner of your brain. And then slowly throughout the year, they begin to just creep up again and again and again. And we're not doing that anymore. That's That's not what we do as burned in teachers. Becoming mentally strong is no different than becoming muscularly strong in other parts of your body, like your arms or your glutes or your core. It takes work. And this is the work. Paying attention, raising your self-awareness internally is going to help you to raise your self-awareness externally. And it starts here. It starts right now when we have the time and we have the energy to truly address the things that are causing us these anxieties. And whether that be reaching out to a friend or a therapist or a fellow teacher, starting to strategically have proactive proactive conversations about what your plan is for this year, for when things get hard, not if, 
when. We know that hardship is a reality. We are humans alive on this earth and things are going to get hard. So we have to be the adults in the room and we have to decide what it is that we have control over, which is only us. So I want you to really take seriously this pre-step before we jump into today's episode because it's really going to help you as you begin to focus forward and think about how you're going to become an active participant in your life this school year and making time for the things that you value most, whether that's your hobbies, your family, alone time, um, making time for other things that you've put aside or put off in years past, valuing your freedom outside of the classroom as something that you deserve, not something that is a luxury. All right. So if you promise, cross your heart that you've done this pre-step and really started to think strategically about how you're going to handle these hardships that maybe you've experienced in the past, then you may go ahead and dive into this episode. All right, you ready? All right, here we go. I'll see you inside. Burn on. Every year, it seems like after year two when I was teaching, so I started teaching in 2006, and starting about 2008, um, and this was actually, let me tell you this, this was after we had our second daughter, so I had a newborn at home. I started each year after that with the best of intentions. This year's going to be different. This year, I'm not going to be overwhelmed. I'm not going to be frustrated. I'm certainly not going to complain. I am going to leave at four o'clock and it's all going to be so good. I'm going to make this year all about balance and my family and getting home at a decent time. However, then after about week two, I would fall back into the same old habits that I had the year before. I would get um, overwhelmed. I would then um, not know where to start. I would, you know, say, I would say the things that overwhelm Olivia would say. Those, you know, those agents are the same. There's so much to do. I don't even know where to start. So I would just sit in it and I would just look around. Or, man, I would be super activated one day and I would have this list of things that I was going to do. I would go in on a Saturday morning or a Sunday afternoon and I would say, I'm going to get these things done. I would go in and before I knew it, my whole classroom was just torn to shreds. I decided I was going to reorganize my bookshelf and my classroom library. I was going to go through these binders. I mean, I can hear you. I know that you're laughing because it's the same story for all of us, right? There's so much to do that we lose that focus. So here's the problem. Every year, I would start the year with the best of intentions, but I lacked the discipline and the planning. And I'm not talking about lesson planning here. I lacked the discipline and a plan for my schedule that could help me to achieve a steadfast vision for myself because creating balance takes way more than good intention. It takes a vision first, by the way. First, it takes a vision. Then it takes a plan. And let me tell you, the last two are the hardest. Then it takes discipline, my friend. (laughs) This is where a lot of us fall off the wagon. Daily discipline. Doing the things that you had in your plan, even if you don't feel like doing them. And then, of course, leading each uh, part of your plan. Leading each action step with intention. Okay? So 
That all takes a lot of action and that's what this episode is all about. We're going to help you take some action today. So if you're driving in your car, I want you to either listen very closely so you can take these steps after you get done listening or if you are in fact sitting somewhere, get out a notepad and a piece of paper, okay? Push pause and go get some paper because you have some work to do, okay? So like I said, we have four steps today that then have sub-steps within them and it's all about creating a vision a plan, discipline, and intention. And we're going to take action starting right now. Now, the Out the Door by Four course or program, whatever you want to call it, it actually, um, the foundation is that vision, plan, discipline, and intention. However, within those four big steps, we have six smaller subcategories. Okay, now don't get overwhelmed. They're very simple. Of course, you know I'm all about simplicity. So here are the six steps. Visualize, prioritize, eliminate, simplify, automate, and systemize. Now this comes from not only my own experience with um, with (laughs) being burned and unbalanced, especially back in 2015, I was feeling a especially overwhelmed. Um, I had moved to a new district. They had extremely different expectations for me. Um, and I was trying to be, uh, oh, I had that disease to please that we talked about last week. You know, I wanted to do all the things perfect. I also was a huge perfection patty and took everything personally and, and all of that stuff. Um, but when I finally, um, especially after I started Burned In Teacher, I decided that I was going to create this vision and this plan and show some discipline. Um, this is where I created this. However, then I went into deep research about time management and prioritization um, and uh, productivity, and I realized that I was right on the right track. So I just put this all into this fantastic program called Out the Door by Four, um, and it starts with visualize. So the, the essential question here is, what's your overall vision for yourself and your future days, weeks, months, or even years? We're going to start small. We're going to think about our weeks here. Now, we are going to centralize our focus only on your schedule. And I'm talking your weekly schedule. This is both at home and at school, okay? But we're not going to talk about lesson planning today. We are specifically going to be talking about what you do before and after school in the mornings and in the afternoons and evenings, okay? Um, Of course, this program is designed to help you to really think about the things you're doing within your school day, but we just don't have all of the time. That's what the course is for, right? So so think about what is your vision for yourself when it comes to, here's our, here's what we're going to come back to today, how many hours you want to work on school a week and what time you want to leave school in order to open up those possibilities and extend your reach. Okay, because we can't just say, oh, I'm going to start working out again or I'm going to join this book club again or I am going to start volunteering at my church more often again. I used to love doing those things. I don't do them anymore. I'm just going to do them. That is intention, my friend. We have the best intentions to do those things. But if you don't have the visualization and the plan, it's not going to happen. At least it's not going to happen maybe more than once or twice and then you're going to fall back into those bad habits again or you're going to let your lack of boundaries show through and people are going to schedule time for you um, instead of you scheduling time for yourself. Okay? So that's number one. Here is what you're going to do. You're going to push pause. Okay? <laughs> 
I want you to write down the number of hours you want to work at school every week. Okay, and this is including your contract time. Okay, you work, for example, uh, I believe mine was 7.30 to 2.45, I'm sorry, 7.30 to 3.15, okay? 7.30, 3.15, I believe was my contract hours, okay? Include those hours in there and then think about what time you get to school. Do you get to school at 7? All right, I'm going to speak to my own experience because if you get to school at 7, you're adding a half an hour to your hours of work, Okay, or um, if my contract hour is uh, 3.15, then am I staying until 4.30? Because then I'm adding an hour and 15 minutes to my work week. So if your goal is to work for 45 hours a week, don't laugh because it is possible, (laughs) okay? 45 hours a week or let's say 47 And let me tell you, if you have been working a 60 or 70 hour week, that is a substantial cut. All right. However, it can be done. But first we have to visualize. So I want you to push pause here and I want you to write down a number and you can start with 50 if you want. I'll allow you 50. But I want you to really try to be aggressive about this goal. Okay. 50 hours or less. How many hours? That does not mean that if you leave at 4.30 or 5 on some nights that you're breaking the rules. Okay. There are no rules here. It's just a goal. Okay, what I tell people is this, you know, you have, especially if you have kids or you have nieces or nephews that you're highly involved in their life in some way, and you have to leave school at your contract time, 3.15, I have to leave, I have no choice, I have this other obligation, that's fine, you're not working on school then, Um, but if you're grading during a practice, that is time counted to school work. Um, Or if you have to leave several times during the week um, and you're not working on schoolwork um, for other obligations involving family or or other other important obligations in your life, and you work on a Saturday morning for three hours, that's fine. That's fine. As long as you are not working past your goal time. So if it's 47 hours a week or 52 hours a week, as long as you're sticking with that hourly goal, and I'm going to ask you to track it. Okay, (laughs) so we're going to keep you accountable here. So um, it doesn't have to be, you know, you're leaving at four and you're taking nothing home with you. That's not necessarily the truth if you're leaving at three, like at your contract time every day. All right, now maybe you figured out a way to 100% do that. That's awesome. I got very close, but there were de- there was definitely some give and take there. After that, you're actually going to write out on your paper. You're going to write Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or the abbreviations of those things, okay? Under that, I challenge you to actually write out the times that you're going to get to school and what time you're going to leave. And then you're going to do the math. You're going to say, okay, if my goal is 52 hours a week or if my goal is 45 hours a week, then what do these hours add up to? Or if you plan on grading during your child's um, swim practice or whatnot, then then how does how much does that add up to? Because then you may have some adjusting to do. You may find out that, man, your goals actually ex- exceed your expectations for how many hours you want to uh, to be working on school every week. Let's face it. This year has been another doozy. And now that I'm back in the classroom, it has been more important than ever for me to stay focused on my core values, mindset, goals, and my habits. 
As a teacher in today's world, it seems like there is always something new and hard that can easily throw our lesson and or life plans off track. But when I began to burn out many years ago for the fifth time in my six year teaching career, I told myself that crying to and from work, grading, prepping, and planning on nights and weekends, and Sunday scaries was just part of being a good teacher. The current challenges we're facing in education today are monumental. All of these challenges make balancing teaching and your everyday life seem unmanageable. Until now, teacher burnout has been hacked. In Hacking Teacher Burnout, I share my eight-step process I designed to help myself and other teachers navigate our way out of burnout. You see, out of my rock-bottom burnout moment, I learned ways to focus on what I can control while learning ways to let go of the things that are out of my control. My book shines a light on burnout as an opportunity for growth and change, and in it, I empower you to become a burned-in teacher a happier, more fulfilled, efficient, and effective person in the classroom and in life. In Hacking Teacher Burnout, you will learn the steps you can take to discover your burnout type. Did you know everyone has a type? Take actions that are best for you depending on your type. Move through burnout rather than fight against it. Make time for things that bring you growth and joy and thrive, not just survive, personally and professionally. And of course, to prepare for hardship before it hits and to conquer it when it does. And right now, you can download chapter one for free. That's right, you can start your journey out of burnout using step one of my process on the house. Go to burnedinteacher.com slash free chapter today to get your first chapter on me. And there's no better time. After the year we've had, we deserve to use what I have designed to believe, think, say, and do different things in order to see different results in our lives. Go to burnedinteacher.com slash free chapter to get your free chapter today. You won't be sorry. Burn on. Now what this is going to cause you to do is really be intentional about the things that you are working on at school. And that's actually the next step. So go ahead and push pause. Write how many hours you want to work a week and then spread those hours out over the days. And even like I said, even into Saturday or Sunday, but make sure it is a vision that you can be happy with. Remember, it might not be the schedule of your dreams, but at least it's not a nightmare, which would be working all the time, every night, every weekend. You are more than a teacher, my friend. You have some possibilities and some opportunities to reach okay so push pause get that done when you come back to us now we're going to move on to prioritize this is something that I love working through with teachers prioritize your essential question is what tasks have the biggest impact on my students success okay this is really thinking and some of this can be kind of gut check this is you thinking about okay what tasks uh, do I have to do? They are attached to my job description. And so what is it that I really literally have to do? Okay, we have to plan lessons. We have to execute lessons, right? We have to take grades, <laughs> those things, right? However, we also need to look at this in a, in a different way. Sometimes we uh, we lie to ourselves and we say that we have to do things that we really do not have to do. So you really need to think about, okay, what am I doing what am I choosing to do that may not be having the biggest impact on my students? 
What is it that I am doing in what order of importance from biggest impact to lowest impact? So you're thinking of all of the things that you're doing with and for your kids and putting them in a priority order. One to 50 or whatever number you come to. All right, you're just kind of doing a brain dump here, okay? You're listing it all out. So go ahead and pause. That's what you're going to do because now we're going to kind of go into how to prioritize your time in school so you can actually make this happen, okay? All right, go ahead and push pause. Make your priority list now. Okay, now we're going to eliminate, okay? So this can be kind of hard, especially if you've fallen into habits that you have been uh, repeating over and over again for many, many years. But with eliminate, we are really going to look at more of a holistic view, okay? What is it that you need to eliminate maybe in your personal life that's not serving you, not helping you to reach your core values? Um, and, And with eliminate, I'm gonna actually pull in a little bit of delegate here. Okay, what can you either eliminate from your personal life that is not causing you to be happy or it is just taking too much time? Um, Or what can you delegate to somebody else? You know, if it has to do with running kids all over the place, is there a carpool that you can start? Can you ask your significant other to help more often? Um, Are you both just kind of all over the place and you really need to prioritize how you are spending your time as a family? Um, And then, of course, at school, What are you spending time on doing or keeping around that isn't or won't impact your student's success or outcomes? What needs to go? And I'm going to challenge you something here, and I may may shock you a little bit here. How many of you, honest to goodness, you have your school email on your phone? And not only that, but you also have notifications set up. Okay, this is something where I see teachers look around at each other like with – We all do that, right? (laughs) Okay. And if you don't, I want you to give yourself a pat on the back. Here's my challenge to you. And this is not negative. This is not being, um, you know, insulting of your your school or your administrator and, you know, telling them they don't matter. But the problem is, is that when we do that, we're saying two things. Number one, I'm on all the time. You can reach me anytime and I'm going to get back to you right away. Okay. The second thing you're saying is I don't value my personal time. Because work email is more important than anything. And that is because you could be sitting down to watch a movie with your family or your friends. You're going out with your friends and all of a sudden you get a ding and you check it because you can't, you can't wait. And maybe it's an email that causes you a significant amount of stress or it even ticks you off a little bit. Or it causes you to go into this, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about this. I've got to get this done. You don't have to to have your email on your phone. You certainly don't have to have the notification set off. And now I'm going to name drop here. Uh, My friend Janelle, who went through the small group program, the Burned In Teacher Training small group program a little over a year ago, this is what she told me that kicked off our conversation that caused me to invite her into this small group program. She said, I'm answering emails at all hours of the night. And I said, Janelle, why do you have your email on your phone? And she goes, you know, I don't know. And it kicked off just a really 
deep and important conversation about boundaries and her belief that she was capable and worthy of setting them for herself. So um, this is a really important question to ask yourself. Do I really, am I required to have my email on my phone? I know we have requirements as far as how long we take. I know for me it was a 24-hour turnaround if a, if a parent, for example, would email me. Um, but this is a big deal. We don't have to be answering emails all hours of the day. So this warrants the, you know, the questioning of yourself and your habits around that. And it also warrants some, uh, some discussion about, you know, whether or not that is something that you need to continue having in your life. And also, my friend, if you're answering emails on a Saturday night while you're out with your girlfriends, then that is also time you need to add to your weekly work hour goal. Okay, so think of it that way, (laughs) okay? All right, now the next step after eliminating is simplifying. Simplifying is exactly what it sounds like. It is thinking about how it is that you can take the things that remain, those things that you're not eliminating or delegating to somebody else, and you're saying, okay, how can I make these tasks and habits that I'm going to start or continue doing simpler? And one of the ways that I really want to encourage you to do this is with blocking and batching. Blocking and batching, it's as simple as this. Remember that priorities list? The things that stay, the most impactful things that you do that really impact your students' outcomes, those are the things that we are going to turn into blocking and batching. Now, batching actually comes first, so it's batching and blocking. Batching is grouping those like things together in one place. So for example, grading and entering grades or lesson planning, prepping, copies. So um, those things belong together, okay? Maybe uh, report card comments and maybe parent phone calls and communication. Uh, Maybe data entry and RTI notes or um, preparing for those meetings. Okay, now follow me here. So once you have this list, what you're going to do is either rewrite these things into small versions or groups um, of that main list that you had, or use a highlighter is what I typically suggest. And with the highlighter, you can highlight the things that belong together. So like I said, um, maybe whenever you write down your weekly tasks, uh, you um, highlight lesson plans, lesson prep, and copies. You highlight all of those things with pink. And then maybe grading or entering grades, um, you highlight those in green. And now I should say in your weekly tasks that you have, um, I would definitely include um, I would definitely include email in there and meetings. Okay, because those are things that you do find yourself engaged in on a weekly basis. Okay, now those will probably be their own colors, but you need to have them on that list anyway. So um, then the next step is actually blocking. So this is where whether or not you use a paper or a digital planner, either one of them, you are now blocking out the parts of your day that you're going to do these things. This is one way of simplifying. Um, so you're you're batching like things together and now you actually have either color-coded or blocked out times of your day. It's just the same thing as when you block out schedules for uh, classes. You know, if you um, are teaching algebra during one prep and then you're teaching um, al- uh, pre-algebra during another and geometry in another. I'm not a high school math teacher, so I'm just going off my own experiences here. <laughs> 
you do the same thing during your prep period. So for this 25 minutes, I'm going to focus on this thing. And for the next 25 minutes, I'm going to focus on this thing. And you have it in your calendar to keep you accountable. This is your plan and this is your discipline, my friend. So what this does is it helps you to then prioritize how and when you're spending your time. Okay, so if you're looking at simplifying your schedule and you now have your blocks on your calendar of, for example, if you get to school on a Tuesday morning, that is maybe an early morning. So you get there at 645. I might be a little extreme here, but I know it is reality for a lot of us. I used to get to school a little bit before seven every day. Um, And during that time, I had a schedule. Number one, I would set my timer for 15 minutes and I would check email and answer emails and try to get to an inbox zero. Again, don't laugh. It totally can be done if you are intentional and show discipline. Now, the first 15 minutes, email, answering emails, that was a block. It was in my calendar. And then, my friends, you ready for this? I didn't check my email until after school was over. And let me tell you, This can cause some small problems at the beginning of this practice because if people are sending you urgent emails in the middle of the day and you are answering them, again, you're saying, I don't have boundaries, I'm on all the time. But when you start saying no to email during the middle of the day when you're teaching or when you should be eating or um, focusing on many of the other priorities and responsibilities that you have, when you say no to that, you're going to have to set some boundaries for yourself and make other people aware of them. For example, you may have to set up an automated email. So whenever, you know, when you shut down your email for the rest of the day, you have an automated email that says, I will not be checking my email. You know, thank you so much for reaching out to me. I'm so glad that you that you did. However, I will not be checking my email again until 2.45 p.m. So if this is urgent, please make sure that you call the office, give them the number, and make sure that it's also that you let your secretaries and maybe even let your principal know, hey, I just want to let you know I have to set up some boundaries around email. So if it's urgent, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and call my, my classroom um, or I'm going to ask you to come down and talk to me personally um, because if it's really urgent, I, 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 I'm not going to be checking my email. It's just taking up too much of my time. It's a big transition, especially if you were also somebody who had your email and your notifications set up on your phone, right? But guys, email is a product, productivity suck. It sucks the productivity out of you, okay? You're not making any gains towards your goals by checking and answering emails, okay? So this is, a, this is a belief change. Uh, beliefs are choices. Choices can be changed. And this is one of those things that you have to change your beliefs around email. Okay, so batching things together, blocking them on your calendar, and now showing discipline to follow your calendar. And here, this is where I, you know, I started, um, I started an episode recently um, about, you know, some of the teachers that I'm working with currently, they were really struggling. I know February is a tough time for a lot of people, not just in education, just in general. They were really struggling with their schedule. It was starting to seep into their classrooms and affecting the relationships with their students because they were feeling the pressure, super overwhelmed. And I started each of these conversations with, well, how's your plan going for your schedule? And that's when the conversation changed because I started to learn that they've had several obligations that they had said yes to maybe 
that were coming together at the same time. They were not focusing at all on their original plan that they had set for themselves. And I get it. Life happens, right? Um, a kid gets sick. You get sick. Um, you know, something something just happens. It just throws a wrench into uh, into your vision, into your plan. That's life, my friend. That happens. However, when it comes to, and this is going back to episode 57, you saying yes to too much and all of those things come together at the same time, which often happens, this is when you should ask yourself, gosh, should I have said yes to this? Or <laughs> I probably should have said no, right? At least to some of those things um, because we can't do it all, you know, and go back to listen to uh, episode 57 if you haven't already because it will lay out there, you know, how and when to say no and when to say yes. And this is the reason because a lot of times <laughs> it's almost like it's planned. Those things, the end result or that, you know, all of those competitions or that show, all of those things are coming together at the same time and you can't handle it all. Um, in addition to your kid got sick yesterday, right? So um, this is where making sure that you keep your schedule front and center and stay disciplined even when life happens if you can't or for example if you are out for a day for a PD session or like I said your kid's sick or it's a snow day you know being able to follow that schedule with guided flexibility so that you at least know what you didn't get done so that you can plan accordingly for your next day so that's what the blocking is all about to make it visual so you can focus on you guessed it your vision that you set. You're no longer leading with the best of intentions. Now you're leading with your vision. You're following your plan with discipline and you're able to move to each task with intention because now your intention is to get out that door and do the things that bring you joy and light you up and make you a happier, more fulfilled person, okay? So next we're going to move to automate. What is it that you can do to automate? What are some tools, some tech tools, or some certain tasks that you can create on automatic? I know for me, it was using Google Slides for my lesson planning. Oh my gosh, it changed my life. Um, especially when I started to become a Google certified educator, I learned the power of uh, you know sharing and collaborating. And my teaching partner, Cassie and I, we were amazing at collaborating on Google Slides. And we, of course, had the understanding of, hey, we're going to use, um, you know, we're going to make copies of our slideshows and we're going to make them however fits our teaching style and our own schedule, but we can definitely share some slides. We can take some slides from each other. <laughs> we definitely, um, we definitely benefited from that attitude of you can take it or you can leave it. Totally up to you. But it changed our planning. It was fantastic. And what I did is when I created my lesson plans on my slides, I then gave my principal viewing capabilities. He could see my I can statements. He could see my standards. He could see what resources, what tools I was using. And it was just a really good view of inside my classroom that he could check from his office. 
And in the spirit of Google and also Canvas, if that is a tool you use in your school, um, using Google Forms or those graded quizzes, uh, wow, they are such a game changer. I used them as formative assessments for my students. I called them checkups um, with my kiddos. And I would just ask them one or two questions on a Google form. And I'm telling you like that. The second they hit submit, I had some small groups based on whether or not they got a question correct about the previous day's math lessons especially. And uh, Seesaw, oh my goodness, if you've never heard of Seesaw Learning Journal, there are some really innovative ways to automate. Um, I used Seesaw to automate my math assessments because I had, at one point I had 30 first graders and there was no possible way. It was like herding cats <laughs> to, to give a math test um, because some of them needed me to read questions repeatedly and I mean literally sit beside them to make sure they were focusing while others could read it on their own. So what I did using Seesaw is I took a picture of the assessment and I recorded myself reading and I used the drawing tool and I took them through the questions so they could choose, some of them could choose to either read it themselves or use the um, the Seesaw video. Um, and while others, I was sitting next to them and I was reading the questions as many times as they needed and I was, you know, respecting their IEPs and whatever it was that um, that I needed to do to help them to be as successful as they possibly could. I also used Seesaw for a couple of other things, including sight words. I would record myself holding up their uh, their sight words that they were practicing. I individualized all of that, and it took me no outside class time. I would do it right in front of them. It was fantastic. I would get their sight word cards out that they were working on. I would hold them up behind the camera, and I would record myself reading to them. So it was like having a teacher there reminding them of their sight words, even if I couldn't be right next to them. I did the same thing with our phonics work. I pre-recorded phonics lessons for them, depending on what level they were, because because of these tools, I was able to individualize their, um, their instruction. And it really took, especially after I got into the habit, took barely any outside of school time at all. And I was able to reuse those things uh, the following year. So if you are truly seeking ways to automate and yet you don't consider yourself quote unquote techie, there are people in your school who are quote unquote techie. Maybe you have a tech coach or your principal is super techie or you have a teacher down the hallway that either you do or do not talk to all the time that, you know, it's okay to get vulnerable and try something new and ask even a younger teacher. I know this can sometimes be the uh, the source of a little bit of tension. Even a teacher that's been doing it a year or two. You know, ask them, hey, how are you doing this? Or how are you leaving by 4.30 every day? Um, or how are you leaving by 3.15 every day? Tell me your secrets. Open up the conversation in a positive way that can help you to meet your goals as well. Okay, so after automate, then we move to systemize. Systemizing is looking at everything. Now, I know I don't need to tell you this. I mean, you're a teacher. We have systems for a lot of things. Unfortunately, the downside to this is sometimes we overcomplicate those systems. So what I want to challenge you to do is look at your systems and think about what could be simplified Okay, what could be eliminated altogether? And this is where I want to uh, bring in this idea of start, stop, continue. What do I need to start systemizing? 
What do I need to stop systemizing? Or what do I need to continue systemizing? Because again, this all goes back back to uh, habits and beliefs. What have I been doing that's not working, but I've just been doing it because it's just easier to just keep it the same than it is to do something different. I call it, you know, getting off that escalator. And if you've not seen that video, oh my goodness, go to YouTube, type in get off the escalator. It is such a great representation of doing the things that need to be done right away, not waiting for anybody else to tell you to do it. Although I guess I am kind of encouraging you, right? (laughs) So there you have it. That's how I encourage teachers to get out the door by four or at whatever time is best for them on any day. All right, so I hope that this empowers you to create some change, to take some action by starting with a vision, then a plan, daily discipline, and then intention as you go into those action steps. These are all action-based. And of course, whenever you feel yourself start to feel overwhelmed about your days, visualize, prioritize, eliminate, simplify, automate, and systemize as much as you possibly can. My friends, you can take control over your schedule and take it from being a nightmare to something better than that. And hey, maybe even do create that dream schedule. Now, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned-in teacher. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.